early 14-0 deficit to win 20-14 to advance to the NFC Championship game. So very tough way for the 2018 campaign and the Super Bowl championship run to come to an end. And as Alshon Jeffries' last effort pass attempt went through his hands into the arms of uh, Marshawn Lattimore for the interception, a lot of people are going to be getting on him for what happened. But what we have to realize is, first and foremost, we don't have a Super Bowl in the city if it's not for Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, yeah. So obviously he's going to be very disappointed. You know, but you saw the way the head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Nick Foles and his teammates went over to him afterwards. You know, someone who gave so many big plays over the last two seasons. Obviously a difficult way for the season to come to a close. But again, this team doesn't get as far as it does without Alshon. Certainly a valiant effort. You know, everyone looks back to that 48-7 game back in week 11 and said there's no way the Eagles can go back to the Saints' house, the huge advantage in the, in the Superdome, and make up that kind of deficit. But, you know, the Eagles were up 14-0 and held this vaunted Saints offense, prolific all season long, to 20 points. You know, Nick Foles was appearing to lead them on yet another game-winning drive at the end. And unfortunately, Lattimore's second interception of the game ends the dream. So the Eagles season is over, 9-7 and seven in the regular season. They get a win in the postseason, but fall six points short today, Ike, to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I mean, listen, a tough game. You knew it would be a hard-fought game uh, with the Eagles playing as well as they had played coming down the stretch. The Saints basically haven't played a real game in about three weeks. Yeah. So the game sort of played out like I thought it would from the beginning. I thought the Saints would come out a little rusty. Certainly thought the Eagles would be charged up. They were able to take advantage of that early Saints rust, but not really able to sustain it. Once the Saints were able to collect themselves, and start to get a little bit of rhythm. It seemed like the Eagles couldn't get anything going offensively. Uh, just a difficult way uh, for the season to end, but a valiant effort from this team to put themselves in this position. Alshon Jeffrey has been so reliable all season long. Big part of why this team is where they were uh, today. Certainly he would like to have that pass back. No need to hang his head. No one feels worse than Alshon Jeffrey certainly. does right now. And all of his teammates certainly feel for him. So just a tough loss. Got to tip your cap to the Saints. They're a good football team. Listen, the Eagles have been playing with their backs against the wall for about a month and a half. And it's difficult. And this is why most teams from a sixth seed don't make it to the Super Bowl. Because when you battle to get into the playoffs and as much energy and effort that you have to exert to dig yourself out of a hole. When you're, when you're facing a team like the Saints, that's basically been sitting back, resting, waiting for today. They've been waiting for today for about a month since they clinched the number one seed and knew that they would have home field advantage. They've been waiting for today. And so the Eagles have exerted a lot of energy to put themselves in this position. And they basically run, ran out of gas today. They ran up against a very good Saints team. They were gamed. Uh, the Eagles were gamed today. They just basically ran out of gas offensively. Give the Saints a lot of credit. Uh, the defense that has played well coming down the stretch. I thought the Eagles defense came into this game with a very good game plan. Um, but listen, Michael Thomas, one of the best receivers in the game. We know about Drew Brees. He's a Hall of Famer five years after he plays his last game. Just a tough way. Tough way, but they found themselves in position and to, and to lose the game basically off a tip ball on the final drive of the game. Man, that's a, that's a heartbreaker. That's a heartbreaker, but how can you not be proud uh, of this team's 
overall Sorry. effort to sort of put themselves in this position. Nobody gave them a chance. Right. And then you look at the course of the game. It's great they got 14 and nothing. But then you look at the defensive side of the football. Fletcher Cox in and out of the lineup due to injuries. Brandon Graham has to go to the sideline at one point. Rasul Douglas in and out of the lineup. Yeah. Avante Maddox has to come out of the game. You're just wondering how many more injuries can the defense sustain, especially with Fletcher Cox, your best player on that side of the ball, and arguably your best player on the entire team. Okay, the heart and soul, especially of that defense, knowing that you had to limit this explosive Saints offense, you're going to need to get pressure up the middle. And Cox gamed his way, coming back into the lineup, fighting his way. Remember the one time he came back into the game after suffering the foot injury initially, he drew a holding penalty so on the can, very man. first play. Yeah. Okay, so he made a number of disruptive plays. The defensive line, knowing that Jim Schwartz wanted to play seven defenders back, going with mostly the dime and nickel personnel throughout the course of the game, knowing that we have to rely on that front four. And look, Michael Bennett, Chris Long, you know, Brandon Graham, you guys got to play a lot of snaps, okay? Yeah. You know, and especially when you had that long drive in the third quarter that took 18 plays, was it? It was an 18-play drive, okay, that goes for 92 yards, 11:29 in terms of game clock. I think it was about 25 minutes in real time. So, again, 18-play yeah. drive. Th those guys are bound at the end, but – they got the stop they need at the very end. They forced Will Lutz to attempt that 52-yard field goal after Michael Bennett gets a Big tackle play. for loss. Big play. Huge play. Huge okay, play. shoves Max, Max Unger, the, the center, right into the back there, forces Kamara to get the loss there. Will Lutz pushes the ball wide right, and you said to yourself, is this going to happen again? Yeah. Yeah, another special teams play, another missed field goal here, given an opportunity for the Eagles to – to sustain their season, to keep things alive. And it seemed like Nick Foles was getting into the rhythm. They had the penalty, the roughing the passer call. They kept the drive alive. Zach Ertz had a play there to move the sticks. And then you thought, okay, wide open pass, Alshon Jeffrey. And, you know, he's a guy who's going to come up with that. Nine 99 times out of, 10. 99 times out of 100, yeah. 9 times out of 10, whatever you want to say. Unfortunately, that's the one time that he doesn't come up with it and the ball goes into the hands of Marshawn Lambert. That's the problem is the ball goes up in the air, and at that point, yeah. It's fate that's putting it right in the Saints' hands. And uh, Marshall Lammer, who really turned the game earlier in the second quarter when the Eagles were driving already up 14 and nothing. And Nick Foles has Zach Ertz on a wheel route down the left sideline. Yeah. Okay, that's probably a touchdown if he puts it a little farther out. Unfortunately, you got to make. You got yeah. to make that throw. You got to make, he, make, make that throw. throw. He's made that throw. Got to make the throw there. But Marshawn Lamore does a great job come up with the yeah. interception. Okay. And that really turned the tide. Okay. Then the Saints are coming back. They're getting. 20 unanswered points there to finish off the win here, 20 to 14. And then, of course, on the, the real key in that, in that first half there was when the Saints have the fourth down. Well, it's the third down. Fletcher right. Cox draws the holding penalty. Mm -hmm. Okay, The Eagles decide to decline. It's fourth and short. As they should. As they should. And that's yes. the biggest thing. A lot, Doug Pearson, when we hear from him in a few minutes, is probably going to be asked, did you kind of waver about the decision? I thought he made the right call because yep. – with this defense, I'm not giving the ball back to Drew Brees. Yeah. We saw this time and time again on third and long situations. I'm not giving Drew Brees another opportunity with Michael Thomas. Michael I Thomas finished fish, with 12 catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Okay? So I'm not giving Drew Brees another chance. It's fourth and short. And the Eagles were well aware of what Taysom Hill and the fake punt sure. possibility. The, sure. the starting defense is out there on the field. Yep. You have your starting defense personnel lined up to stop it. Taysom Hill gets the first down. They're able to move the chains. And then fourth and goal, you figure Sean Payton was like, he knew the Saints were against the ropes. The three. I really did. I, I think <laughs> Sean Payton, I think, realized yeah. this Eagles team came to play. This was not the Eagles team. Right. Very, very first play of the game. Okay. Ted Ginn 
who has been out of the lineup due to injury. Drew Brees goes deep down the middle for him, trying to test the Eagles secondary. Cravon LeBlanc, who had an outstanding game. When we talk about the bright spots of this season, Cravon LeBlanc comes up with the interception to set the tone. Okay, three total tackles, the interception, also saved a touchdown on a Mark Ingram run later on in the game when it was starting to look like the Saints had control of the game. Yep. They, they, they did have control of the game. It would look like they were ready to put the game away. Cravon LeBlanc was not going to allow them to get the easy touchdown there. So right there, you say to yourself, Cravon LeBlanc gets the interception, gets the Eagles the ball, and they go down the field, and then Jordan Matthews over the top for the touchdown with Nick Foles. And you said to yourself, this is what the Eagles need. Because back on November 11th, or November, 8, November 18th in that Week 11 showdown, I should say, the Saints got 17 and nothing in the second quarter, mm-hmm. scored on their first three drives, gained over 200 yards on those drives. The game was over, okay, in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Here the Eagles are able to get the 14 nothing lead because they get the ball back, and then Nick Foles goes in from one yard out on the QB sneak. They're up 14 nothing. This was the start that the Eagles needed, okay? The thing was, the Saints, a tested team, a veteran team, Okay, Drew Brees and Sean Payton together at home now in the playoffs, 6-0 and since 2006 when the two were first united together. They knew what they were doing. It's a veteran team with plenty of skill position talent on offense and a very, very good defense that was able to turn the tide on the Eagles' offense and really limit the Eagles of what they could do. I thought Nick Foles missed a couple of throws. There yeah. were plays there to be had. Okay, I thought one the one knock about Nick Foles today, a number of underthrown passes. Yeah. That's probably the one thing I would say. But the offensive line, even after losing Brandon Brooks, and that's gonna be something you knew that we need to find out. Huge. That's gonna you be know, huge. Yeah. Jason Peters yeah. came out of the game late. Yeah. Vitae had to go back in there. So the pass protection held up nicely. Okay, that was the one thing you were concerned about. Would Nick Foles have time in the pocket? Even though he does a great job of getting rid of the ball quickly, would he be comfortable in the pocket? He just wasn't able to quite get in nice that job. rhythm. Yeah. But, but offensive line, that great job protecting But Nick Foles, after that second touchdown drive, just not able to get in that same rhythm that he was. I credit the Saints defense there for playing great press coverage, okay? You know, Eli Apple, Marshawn Lattimore, those fast linebackers, they were testing the Eagles receivers and pass catchers and limiting the yards after the catch. Yeah, that's basically what they decided to do. They saw in the first quarter that they weren't able to get the pressure on Nick Foles that they wanted to. You had the cornerbacks playing off, and Nick was able to basically pick them apart. He had the best stretch of the game in that first quarter. He was basically, I think he was 8 of 8 or 8 of 9, 127 yards, threw a touchdown as well as uh, rushed in for a touchdown. But then they decided we're going to back off and, or, or we're going to jam the, uh, the receivers at the line of scrimmage to try to disrupt the timing. And when you look at the big difference in this game and this Eagles offense is they struggled on third down. Two for seven on third down is where they struggled at. To me, that was really the biggest difference in the game. You know, the Eagles, since they've been on this stretch, they've been able to be 50% plus on third down, extending drives, wearing teams out, uh, wearing teams down, and that's how they won football games. Today, they weren't able to extend drives after that first quarter. They had the two 70-yard play drives early, and then after that, they didn't really have anything else after that, and that's where they basically were worn down. Defense on the field way too long. Saints offense, 8 of 15 on third down, able to extend those drives. You talked about that 92-yard drive. What was it, 18 plays? 18 plays, 92 yards. Twice, the Saints had a second and 20. Yeah. Second and 20 twice. Three third down conversions on that drive. 
third and three, third and one, short conversions, but a third and ten. That's what they wore you down at. I mean, that's what they wore this defense down at basically today. And the offense not being able to win that time of possession. That's how you beat the Saints. You keep that offense on the sideline. Um, and we weren't really able to do that today. I thought our defense, they held in there as long as they could. They did. They, they made the Saints chew up clock. They didn't give up a ton of big plays. Now, they gave up the third down conversions. But to hold this Saints offense to 20 points, I mean, going into the game, that's what you want. That's what you want. You want this to be a game in the fourth quarter, a one-possession game. To me, from a game plan standpoint, the Eagles, the game played out exactly how they wanted to, even with them having the ball on the final drive. It's just – you know, the bounce didn't go their way. You know, that ball bounces off Alshon Jeffrey's hands right into Marshawn Lattimore's hands. And it's unfortunate, man, because I I felt like they were going down to win this game. Uh, we all I did. really did. We've I felt, seen the I felt like, Yeah, I felt like they were going to win this you game. You know, it goes back to last week in Chicago. You just feel a certain – sort of like Nick Foles in the pocket. You feel yeah. a sense of calm knowing that when he's in command at quarterback, they're going to find a way. Yeah. And you just felt like this team was going to find a way – once again, and they were moving the ball down the field. You know, it was a wide open pass there to Jeffrey. Good throw on the hands. Just didn't come up with it. Yep. Okay. And again, I'm sure a lot of fans, and I'm sure on your show tomorrow, Marks and Reese Sports Radio 94 WIP, a lot of people are going to be bashing Alshon. No, you think not? I don't, I'm just going to be frustration. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know what? I, I think, at least from listening to the fans this week, right, there was already trepidation going into this game. There was, I'm sure. This is a tough game. So at least. The tone that I got from most of the fans was they were excited the Eagles made it this far. Um, middle of the season, didn't look like it was going to get to this point. This team really dug in deep. They, they, they were able to make something out of a season that looked like it was lost. We lost our starting quarterback once again. And I think this fan base, at least after winning that Super Bowl last year, has it's funny to say, they aren't as rabid of a fan base as they used to be. Can they be passionate? Can they be frustrated? Sure they can. But I think there's a sense of appreciation about this team that this fan base has. And they don't. it hasn't been that long since they won the Super Bowl. And so we all knew it was going to be difficult to repeat. No one has done it since the Patriots did it back in 04 against us. It was going to be difficult. This team overcame a lot to get to the second round of the playoffs. And Alshon has been a big part of that this year. Um, Especially down the street. Yeah, I'm, I'm, really? I'm, I'm actually, Chris, I'm actually, I'm actually proud of our fan base that I don't believe there'll be a lot of frustration over the way the season ended. As much as it will be, a lot of uh, appreciation for the way the team didn't give up and really fought to the, to the very end. This team, in a lot of ways, epitomized the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think this fan base recognizes that. Certainly, because they yeah. knew that it wasn't, you know, we can get into your season takeaways, and just it wasn't quite right from about midway yeah. through the season. Okay, yep. It wasn't that same magic that we were going to have in 2017. I mean, basically, the Eagles were the Saints a year ago, yeah. okay, in terms of the fact that the Saints were, you know, clear in a way, one of the best teams in the NFC all season long, home field advantage. You know, you saw the, the dancing and the joy that they were having throughout the course of the game. That was the Eagles a year ago, okay? The Eagles were 
blowing out opponents yeah. left and right, you know, steamrolling through the competition. And then they were the ones who got to enjoy home field advantage and wait for the Atlanta Falcons to come into town for that first playoff matchup. And yeah. right from there, you go into the Super Bowl. The difference, of course, is what were we going to get from Nick Foles, okay? Yeah. Because the Saints have had the constant in Drew Brees throughout this entire time. The Eagles – you know, get into the playoffs to get the home field advantage with Nick Foles coming in there late in the season, but you didn't quite know if he was going to be able to carry them on that magical run that he did. And after he did that a year ago, you said to yourself, well, I guess the cards could be in place, the stars could be aligned for it to happen again because you got in the way you did on the last day of the regular season. But as you said, it's why six seeds don't typically advance yeah. that far into the playoffs. You have your, you know, one-offs here and there. The Green Bay Packers, the New York Giants have won the Super Bowl as a 60, but it's so difficult because, as you said, most likely you're battling just to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And then once you're in, you're on the road nonstop. Every game, yeah. And you had to go to Chicago to face the number one defense. Which was hard. Hard, you yeah. know, amazing home field advantage there. You get the dome field advantage today. And we saw that firsthand where the Eagles were forced to take a timeout early in the second half. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, false start by Isaac Sayamalo there in the, uh, you know, second down. And that down was huge. It's, that was yeah. huge coming out of the locker room. Not, not really getting any momentum coming out of the locker room was big time. The Saints were able to continue to feed off of that crowd. I thought coming out of the locker room, if the Eagles could at least have a drive, even if they don't get points out of the drive, but if they could just put together a drive where they had the Saints defense on their heels to sort of establish some type of confidence and momentum, we would have a different ball game in the second half. As it was, Eagles come out and they sort of are snake bitten and, and they sort of have these self-inflicted wounds and that crowd is able to get into the game. You get a three and out, Saints get the ball and you're behind the eight ball again. So it was just, it was this, you know, when you're on the road, you almost have to play a perfect game. Yeah. I mean, you really do. You almost have to play a perfect game. That's why teams fight so hard to get home field advantage because even if you get off to a slow start, you have your crowd to sort of rely on to, to sort of feed off of. And that's what the Saints were able to do. They got off to a slow start, but that crowd kept them in the game. And once they started to get a little bit of positivity going, they were able to build some momentum and get that crowd behind them. And so um, it's, it's just difficult. The Eagles really had the ideal start. It's just unfortunate. Oh, you look at the numbers. I mean, yeah. you see the numbers there and the box score there. You look at them and you say to yourself, how was this even a six-point game? Yeah. It's because the Eagles had, like you said, the start that they need to put themselves in. That's what you in. wanted. Yeah, it yeah. was a dream scenario to come out of the gates, leading 14-0 at the end of the first quarter, driving to actually extend the lead. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you've got to be much sharper on the road. And we saw the Eagles get away with some turnovers last week in Chicago yeah. that they weren't able to, you know, the Bears didn't make them pay for it. Right. The Saints. And you knew that with Drew Brees. That, that was the biggest thing where last week you're going against first-time playoff quarterback in Mitchell Trubisky where game's on the line of foul drive. Trubisky, give him credit, got the Bears in position to win the game. They missed the kick or Trayvon Hester blocked it, I should say. Right. But here you knew that Drew Brees in that dome was going to be very, very difficult to stop there. So as we start to reflect upon what the Eagles were able to accomplish here in 2018, why don't we get into your takeaways? Start first and foremost with how the Eagles overcame a slow start. They got the win on opening night against Atlanta. You know, it was an amazing crowd, vibrant energy. The banner goes up. But then after that, they're humbled against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They win in Carson Wentz's first start of the season, comes back from the ACL, LCL injuries, you know, 
beats the Indianapolis Colts to get them to 2-1. Then that Tennessee game, the loss in overtime, kind of started things on a downward trend where you started to wonder, like we said earlier, whether this team would even make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we had a chance to find out what it was like to have sort of a Super Bowl hangover, right? We, we've never known what it was like to be Super Bowl champions. And through an offseason of celebration, of adulation, of being patted on the back and everything, as it was well-deserved, it's tough to sort of get out of that malaise. It's, it's tough to sort of have that same hunger and, 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 and determination and focus coming into training camp. And the Eagles found that out firsthand. Not only that, they had to, they had to overcome who was going to be at the quarterback position to start this season off. Was it going to be Nick Foles? Was it going to be Carson Wentz, who was fighting diligently to get back on the field to join his teammates and sort of help them defend this championship crown? And you saw it early in the season where it was just choppy, inconsistent play. They looked good one week. Then they found a way to lose games the following week. Not being able to put together consecutive wins into the second half of the season versus the Giants and the Redskins, they really had a tough time overcoming that slow start, but they were able to do it. All right, we're going to send it now to the Superdome. Head coach Doug Pearson about to address the media there following the Eels' 20-14 loss. Let's hear from the head coach. No, not really. I think I think it's I think it's it's a credit to them, obviously. But you you, you see, I think sometimes how you know um, just the, the ebb and flow of a game, <clears throat> um, and uh, you know they they uh, got some breaks in there. You know we we were, we were moving the ball again. I mean I think you know we had that we had that turnover that throw to Zach Ertz up the sideline there that got got intercepted and just kind of. Momentum changed and went down and, and scored on that, and um, so nothing, nothing that they did. Obviously, um, we just uh, we just didn't make enough plays to either stay on the field or, you know, continue drives, execute and score. So we watched you as your players came on the field, reach each one of them. It seemed like some were holding back tears. It seemed like you were holding back tears. Can you describe how difficult that was for you? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because it's so final. You know, you're. Uh, you're here at the end of the season. There's no more, no more football, you know, for for 2018, and um, just told the guys, you know, just keep their heads up. And we we set out on a journey way back in OTAs, and, and we keep talking about having no regrets, you know, and leave everything out on the field. And they did that tonight, you know, they, they did that this afternoon, and, and um, they battled right to the end. We had we had opportunities. So um, proud of them, proud of the season, proud of the uh, the adversity that we we faced all season long, and um, you know. Found our way to get into the postseason, and uh, um, you know, just wish wish the Saints, uh, you know, good luck going forward. As a follow to that, what's the message for Alshon specifically? It's hard. I mean, it's really hard because he's so he's so down. But you know, for me, it's about staying positive. And uh, listen, he's made many many big catches for us this season, and continue he he will continue to do that. And I just told him he's got to you know he's got to keep his head up and. And uh, don't let one play define you. You know, it's it's not who he is. He's he's too good of a player, and um, uh, he, he needs to he needs to he'll embrace it. You know, obviously, but uh, you know, and he'll be better for it. But uh, I told him just to keep his head up and keep keep playing. On that play, um, the, the clock was running down. <coughs> Yeah. But uh, so what, what, 
Was that why you ran the play at that, at that point? Or was there any had plenty of time to get to the line of scrimmage and uh, and get the playoff. Wanted to stay aggressive. Um, just ran the play like two plays before when we tried to stick it there in Ertz. And um, we got the rough in the passer play. So it was a simple play. Got lined up and had plenty of time. What did you think about how Nick played? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I'm, I'm sure we'll look at the tape and 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 uh, you know evaluate that. But there's always throws you'd like to have back uh, in every game, you know. But uh, I thought the way he hung in there and, and battled and, and gave gave our offense a chance to to go down and you know possibly win this football game. So uh, I thought overall he played played pretty well. So how much did the momentum change by that first final interception? Yeah, you felt you felt it a little bit, um, you know. But but we, listen, we. We had a lot of confidence. Even at that point, we felt like we were, we were moving the ball. We stayed stayed in rhythm, and um, you never scored again. Huh? No, I know, but but we felt even even on that drive, we felt like we we could have um, could have scored had we hit that play. Uh, but kind of changed after that point, and um, you know, again, credit the Saints for for uh, you know executing. What was the effect of losing Brandon and Fletcher for long stretches and Russell for long stretches in addition? Yeah, I mean, it's it's. You know, it's just it's hard. It's tough. Um, <clears throat> you know, those guys are uh, solid players, or starters, and, and uh, it's unfortunate we lose we lose those guys for you know Brandon for the rest of the game, but those guys for periods of time it's it's disruptive uh, a little bit. But you know, it's kind of been our season a little bit. You know, fighting fighting through that adversity, and um, you know we did get them back, but but uh, credit them too for for playing through a little injury. The big, the big punt they ran. Yeah, I mean that's it's you know you kind of expect it in that situation. It's fourth and one. Um, you know you just got to be prepared for that, and and uh, you know again just a, a great play by them. On that play, um, Fletch was in the game, which would indicate that maybe that you were ready for the fake punt or have been in there. Did you have like a? We had our defense, our defense, defense stay um, call, so our our you know our defense was on the field. That was the one over the middle. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were dropping in his zone and just, uh, again, you know, um, Drew did a good job just hanging on the football and letting his guys get down the field. I mean, it was just it was just a, just a window right there, you know, in the middle of the field and, and uh, got it and got the first down. So there were two points this season where it just seemed like it was Um, the guys in that locker room, um, you know, got a lot of trust, a lot of faith in those guys, my coaches, just, um, you know, just believing that, that we could, we could get ourselves in this position, you know, and, and be in the postseason, being, you know, it is, it is one of our goals, obviously, is to be playing in January. And, um, it's a, you know, I've said all season, a resilient group that, you know, doesn't, um, waver a whole lot, you know, through adversity, um, makes you tougher, makes you, uh, um, you know, battle that much harder. So, those guys in the locker room really, um, you know, fought through that and and uh, gave us the opportunity to, to be in this position. Doug, at the end of going into the, uh, that last drive, I mean, we've seen it so many times from the team, especially from the quarterback. When when you have a chance, especially after working the passer call, at that point, did you think here we go? I mean, I thought that we were we were we were on our way. You know, we got that. We got the, you know. Um, it just felt like the momentum at that point. I mean, it was 
it was in our in our favor, kind of in our hands, and and uh, it's been that way all season, you know, and, and felt like that uh, that uh, sort of that magic was going to continue. Doug, did you have any special message for, for Nick after after the game, being that this made it possible? Possibly... I just told him I appreciate everything everything he's done, you know, and everything that. Uh, uh, he's done this season, and, and you know, for him to, to come in and step in the way he has, I mean, um, you know, just just told him I loved him, and and uh, you know, we'll we'll probably visit in the next couple of days. And then JP, uh, sort of a similar question. You finished the game, obviously, but um, is he a guy that you know, you'd like to have back? Well, I'm gonna, you know, obviously, you know, I'm gonna punt that question and talk about that later. A couple more, couple more, please. please. I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's tough because these guys, you, know, you build relationships with these guys. You spend so much time together. And, and um, you know, your, your roster, every year your roster is going to change. I mean, that's just the way it is. There's, there's people are going to come, people are going to go. And, you know, um, obviously we'll, we'll talk more about it, you know, in the next, next few days. But um, when you build a relationship like that and you, you know these guys personally, uh, makes it that much harder. You made big history with them too. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, we've 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 won a Super Bowl with these guys, and and uh, um, you know, we'll see we'll see where we go at the end. How did your defense contain this, you know, uh, explosive offense at home on a week of rest? I mean, the, the over fifty-three didn't come close. Oh no, it, I I tell you, I credit the defense. I mean, they they got after Drew, which we had to do. Um, you know, I think uh, the one, the one, one statistical thing I think was the third downs. I think they were eight of fifteen on first on third down. That was kind of the big glaring statistic that kind of uh, stood out. You know, and then conversely, I think we were two of seven. So that that to me kind of is the telltale right there. We just couldn't get off the field enough defensively with fifteen third downs. I mean, that, that's it's a credit to get to fifteen, but then we got to get off the field. Um, conversely, seven for third downs is great. But you should at least convert four or five of those. Yeah, a ton of injuries all season long, obviously, and then this game was sort of like helping that, and that, you know, a lot of guys go down in the game. What does that kind of say about you made the divisional round, playoffs, obviously, despite that? So, what does that kind of say about the team going forward um, in terms of what they can be? Well, and I, I tell you, you, you got to have a lot of confidence uh, in 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 the, in the guys and the coaches. I mean, to get to this position, to be in the divisional round, two games away from the Super Bowl again. I mean, is is uh, it's 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 tough in this league. It's tough to win games, and even back when when a lot of people were you know counting us out, you know, in midseason and after the Dallas game, things like that. Um, it's why you play 16 games, you know, give yourself a position, you know, shot to be in this position, and um, you know, it's a credit. You know, looking forward, um, you know, it's a good football team, good football team, and uh, you know, we're gonna learn from this. We'll be better for it. I just think they, they just played a little bit better. They controlled the line of scrimmage a little, little better. Um, you know, our run game just kind of, I don't want to say disappeared, but it, was, it wasn't very good, you know, there and, and uh, tried to continue to run it. And, um, it just felt like that, uh, you know, um, they – and we had some, we had some formation issues and, and some things like that that kind of had to burn a couple timeouts there. But um, other than that, I think just, uh, you know, credit them for their effort and, and uh, you know, making the plays. Thanks, Thanks, Thank you. Heartbroken, Doug Peterson, very, very emotional. And you could see the love that the players and the coaches have for each other. Uh, obviously, very, very difficult way 
to end the season. And I think you add on to this, Ike, and you certainly understand this from your time in the NFL. This team is not coming back next year. Okay, right. You may have head coach Doug Peterson and a lot of the same key players, but by and large, it's going to be a different locker room next year. That's why when media fans will say, can you carry the momentum from one year to the next? I mean, we're talking about nine months from now before yeah. this team is going to play a, a meaningful game, one that's going to count in the standings again. You're going to have free agency, you're going to have draft, you're going to have injuries. There's going to be a lot that takes place during that time. It's not going to be the same locker room, even if you bring back a lot of the same amount of guys. There's going to be additions, subtractions. So the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles, that iteration of it, that's done at this point. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the business of the NFL. Each year is his eat. I mean, is his own individual year. I mean, the makeup of that team, that personality, those players, is is it's unto itself. Yep. And so, when you look at what was on the field tonight, um, I could guess twenty players at least won't be here next year. When you think about draft picks and free agency, things of that nature. Um, there's roster turnover every year on every ball club. And so um, when you have a ball club like the Eagles, where they basically have been in a championship mode, championship run the last couple of years, there's also going to be veterans that may not be here. So um, it's, it's when you leave that field for the final time, whether it be in Minneapolis with the confetti coming down or it's in New Orleans, you know when you when you reconvene in April, whenever the offseason program starts, there's going to be a lot of new faces. And most certainly when you step on that field next September for that opening game, it'll be a completely different roster, a makeup, different personalities, a different character uh, that this team will identify itself with. And that's the, that, that's the business of the NFL. And that's why you have to cherish these years. And the thing is, you know, you focus on the change from year to year. Players' roles are going to be different, yeah. even throughout the course of the season. Adding guys like Cravon LeBlanc. I mean, you're yeah. going to have different guys added to the mix. Avante Max was expected to be a special teams contributor. He comes up being an impactful uh, starter on the outside for you. Golden Tate wasn't on this team, you know, up until the trade deadline just before Halloween. So you're going to have new faces, new personalities added to the mix all the time. So to recap Doug Pierce's press conference, I think you hit on it uh, perfectly. Third down yeah. was a huge difference. Third down offense had been outstanding for the Eagles to get themselves into the playoffs and into the divisional round, well, two of seven today. And then the defense giving up 8 of 15 to Drew Brees, and Doug Pearson said it best. Sure, it was great we got them into third down situations, some third and long situations, but unfortunately, you're just not able to get off the field. You need to make one more play, you know, just to maybe keep one field goal off the board, so maybe you only need a field goal on the final drive instead of a touchdown, and maybe that changes the complexion of everything. But still, the Eagles were in position at the end, but you just needed to make one more play. And, you know, if you came into this game, saying that the defense is only going to give up 20 points to the New Orleans Saints, you're going to quite honestly take that every single day of the week. Okay, You figure that this offense, the way it had played, final six regular season games with Wentz and Nick Foles at quarterback there, averaged 27 points per game, third highest rate in the league yeah. you know, down the stretch there. If you factor in last week's game of 16 points, I think it was an average still over 24 points per game, close to 25. You figure – we're going to have enough to be able to get the win yeah. if we're holding that team to 20. Other notes we'll set here, red zone. Okay, Last week in the win over the Bears, Bears were 0 for 3 in the red zone. 
Breeze and company, two for two yeah. on the day. That, that's the difference right there for you. This was the number one red zone defense that the Eagles had in the NFL this season. Uh, unfortunately, it just wasn't up to the task today against, you know, the difference going against a future Hall of Famer and an outstanding play caller at coach in, uh, in Coach Sean Payton. Yeah, and when you're on the road and you're going up against a guy like Drew Brees, you know when opportunities when opportunities present itself, you got to take advantage of those opportunities. And also, and that, and that could be on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball. If it's third and long, you got to get off the field. You have to get off the field. You can't give up big third down conversions. You can't get Drew Brees in this offense another set of downs. When I look at the box score and I look at the biggest difference in this game, it's not only that third down, but the third down is what contributes to the other factor, which is time of possession. The, the, the Saints had the ball for 37 minutes, almost 15 minutes longer than the Eagles had it. That's basically three quarters to one quarter that the, the Saints had the ball over the Eagles. It's, it's going to be difficult for any defense to keep this Saints offense out of the end zone if they have the ball that much. But it's not just the offense who have to extend drives. The defense has to get off the field on yeah, third down. Certainly. So as we go, uh, wait to hear from quarterback Nick Foles in just a little bit. We might as well get into your other takeaways from the season. You got talked about how the Eagles had got off to a slow start. You know, they had to overcome the Super Bowl hangover. Yeah, they okay. Because really again, that's the thing that you mentioned. They had to learn about what that was gonna be like here in 2018. I know Doug Pearson, who had been through it as a player, you know, said to embrace the target, but it looks like it's something that you don't truly understand until you experience it for yourself. You can be told time and time again, this is what it's going to be like where every team is going to be coming after you, but until you're seeing that week in and week out, you're not going to understand the pressures and challenges that come with that. Yeah, and the team had to find out about that firsthand this year and see it's hard to explain that until you actually go through it. I mean, there are a few players that could talk about it. You know, Malcolm Jenkins, uh, Chris Long, guys that have won championships other places. But it's hard to really get that through to players if they've never gone through it. And they had to fight their way through it. Not only that, they dealt with some injuries as well. You know, when you're playing an extended season, when you're playing until February, you're playing more football than anybody else in the league and it took a while for some of these guys to get back on the field you know you lose guys like Jay Ajayi right that that hurts you not really having a clear running uh identity early in the season that took a while to sort of formulate itself so I think the extended season coupled with the shorter offseason that contributed to the whole Super Bowl hangover, and it took them a while to sort of fight their way out of that. You mentioned the run game and losing J.H.I. and yeah. Corey Clement throughout the course of the season. You know, Doug Pearson said it, there really just wasn't much of a run yeah. game. And you knew that last week going against Chicago and the top-ranked defense, and you were just trying to keep the Bears honest. But believe it or not, the Saints' run defense just as good as the Bears. Yeah, the second was, in yeah. terms of yards per game, second in the league this year in terms of yards per carry. And they actually lost arguably their best player along the interior of the line, Sheldon Rankins. Yeah. Okay, They lost him to what is reportedly an Achilles injury. So you thought the Eagles might have the advantage, the, the frustrating and sad part, and we don't know the extent of the injury, the Eagles lose their Pro Bowl guard, Brandon Brooks. Just a couple of plays later, right. that same drive, in fact, yep. and that you talk about the offensive line. That's a big reason why Nick Foles had great protection down the stretch. Why the offense was able to round into form down the stretch. Why the Eagles were able to make it to the divisional round of the postseason. Well, you have a, a huge domino that falls there with Brandon Brooks going out with the leg injury and 
fingers crossed that it's not a significant injury that's going to impact his offseason preparation because that's the big concern now at this point. But you take him out, you know, at the right guard position. Jason Peters is battling injury. He has to come out of the game at left tackle. You know, Stefan Wisniewski, a, a trusted veteran, he's played center, he's played left guard. He hasn't had to play that right guard spot for right. the Eagles, okay? You know, he's worked in his start at left guard here this season. You know, had to fill in for Kelsey in that Saints game. But right guard, Brandon Brooks, you've been able to put him there and leave him there. And he and Lane Johnson have been outstanding, especially down the stretch, especially when Lane Johnson got healthy because he dealt with injuries throughout the course of the season. So, you know, that goes to show right there that you need this offensive line to be healthy. you got to figure out how to fortify it. But the Eagles do need to figure out what they're going to do with the run game next season because J.J. is scheduled to become a free agent. Corey Clement coming back from the injury. Darren Sproles, we don't know what the future holds for him. Uh, Josh M showed some promise, but obviously wasn't in the mix offensively late in the season. Wendell Smallwood, you know, nice turnaround here or, or someone who had been inactive, a minor role contributor to being a big part of the offense all of a sudden down the stretch. I thought he actually made some huge strides in terms of pass pickup because that was one of the weaknesses in his game of why he not been able to be on the field time after time again. There were a couple of times when the Saints brought pressure and he's able to step up there and help them out, much like Darren Sproles, who's very, very good in that regard. But, you know, the Eagles had the run game going early and then – you know, once maybe it was with the Brooks injury, maybe it was once the once the uh, the secondary was able to clamp down on the Eagles receivers and pass catchers that they were able to just win the battles of the line of scrimmage and make sure that there was no uh, no ground game going for the Eagles and everything was going to be in Nick Foles' hands. Yeah, and that's difficult. That's that's difficult to sustain when you're on the road. You want to play good defense and you want to have a sustainable running game. And the Eagles today, 14 rushes. 49 yards when you take out of Nick Foles, two rushes, right? When you look at the other running backs, not really a sustainable running game. And we knew last week that the Eagles sort of, they got away with not being able to run the ball last week versus Chicago. Going up against the Saints team, a better offense, a more efficient offense, you needed to have a semblance of a running game. If for no other reason, to keep that Saints offense on the sideline, to help you sustain drives. All right, let's get to your last takeaway here, and it's the fact that the Eagles finished strong here so that they, you know, start off slow, they overcame the Super Bowl hangover, but this team that, remember, 48-7 loss, week 11, November 18th in New Orleans. The following week, a lot of people don't recall this, they were down 19-3 against the Giants. And that's where... A lot of people could have been like, "That's the season, all oh, right. Yeah. This, this, it's not going to happen this year." And the Giants were driving the score. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so that's the thing. I remember Michael Bennett suffered the foot injury in that game. Yeah. You know, led a valiant effort in the second half to get the Eagles to win. So that helped turn the tide around for the Eagles. Okay, they win two of their next three games with Carson Wentz at quarterback. Wentz is out with a back injury. Nick Foles leads them into the playoffs, winning the final three regular season games and then the wild card round. So definitely finishing strong there. Uh, goes back to the, the leadership of Doug Pearson and the quality of character inside the Eagles locker room with the leadership that the players have. Yeah, I think you got to start with the head coach. you got to start with Doug Peterson. You talk about how the, uh, the Eagles were after that Saints game, that embarrassing loss, 48-7. to They rallied to finish 6 
And two, when you look at their last eight games, they won six of their last eight games, finding themselves in the playoffs, able to go on the road and win a playoff game in Chicago, really had the ball with an opportunity to go ahead late in this game against the Saints. You got to at least appreciate the way this team finished down the stretch. That's a testament to the head coach, the hold that he has over this locker room, the fact that these players, they continue to play hard for him, his number one trait as a head coach, not his ability to call plays, not his ability to pick players, but his ability to get his players to play for him every week, his ability to get his players to believe in themselves as well as to believe in their coaches. That's the biggest thing that I take away from the way this season ended is that we have the right man leading us in Doug Peterson as the head coach. And moving forward, you have to feel good about where this organization is headed because the foundation is strong. The front office is strong from an ownership standpoint, from a front office personnel standpoint. And then you look at the head coach as well as some of the young talent that you have on his team moving forward, starting with Carson Wentz, who's going to have a full offseason to get healthy and get back in to the, to, the, to the quarterback position and lead this organization going forward, you have to be excited about the way this team finished up the season because they could have very easily thrown in the towel and hung their hat on the fact that they won the Super Bowl last year, but they weren't satisfied. They weren't, they weren't going to just lay down and let the season go to waste, give them a lot of credit. These players, they fought, they fought to the end, and what do you know, they found themselves in the second round coming up a little short against a very good New Orleans Saints team. I, I mean, you, you look in the playoffs, that they went on the road against the Bears, a yeah. team that had not hosted a playoff game since 2010, and, you know, Foles was able to move the ball against the number one ranked defense. They were able to withstand the Bears' final drive as Trayvon Hester, you know, tips the Cody Parkey attempt and yep. a double doinks and gives the Eagles a win. That, that was an undermanned team going against uh, a team that was outstanding from the start of the season, okay? They were able to negate Khalil Mack, one of the league's best players. Forget offense, defense, just best players, period. They were able to neutralize him to get to the second round. And they knew the challenges that they had at hand today going against Drew Brees and Sean Payton, and an offensive line that probably doesn't get enough credit that's one of the best in the league. Again, Drew Brees was sacked, I believe, twice today. Uh He had only been sacked 17 times in 15 starts this season. Absolutely outstanding. And the pass catchers, oh, oh, let's send it now to the Superdome. Nick Foles addressing the media. You know, they they really did a good job of, you know, showing us different looks. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we didn't execute. Um, You know, we got to be able to – First two drives were great, um, but after that, we just, we have to keep it going. But, I mean, they're a tremendous team. Um, hats off to them. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we had an opportunity at the end, and, you know, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. You know, you, you love playing this game with, you know, your teammates, and that's the toughest part about it is it just it stops, and, you know, 31 teams feel this at the end of the season. Um, and, you know, I'd say the hardest part is you, you develop rela- – I talk about relationships. You, you develop relationships with your teammates, and – you know, for it to end, it's tough um, just being with these guys. But, you know, we were able to spend time in the locker room after. And um, that's what this game's about is those relationships. You talked a lot during the playoffs about you got to, the, you got to this point because you got to wear the uniform one last time. When you walked off this field, did it feel like the last time you'd be wearing this uniform? Um, you know, I'm not really going to worry about it right now. Um, I think, you know, I'm just going to do what I can to enjoy this fight back with my teammates. 
um, and we'll see what happens. Um, I do know that you know we went out there and gave it everything we had tonight, and that's where you know everyone's got to keep their um, heads held high because that's what it's about. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but ultimately, if you give it everything you have, you know that's what it's about. Nick saw you uh, and other teammates pick up Alshon right after that last play. What, what do you say to him at that time? Oh, dude, just you just tell him you love him. That's what it's about. I mean, this game is tough. Not everyone can do it um, in those moments, you know. Just tell them, I love you. Let's keep going, um, you know. Amongst other things that I'll keep to myself, but you know that's the general message, and that's what this team's about. That's what you know playing this game's about is you know developing those relationships. To you know the tough part about it, like I said, is you know when it's over, it's over. Um, but you don't. I don't regret anything. You know, I always play this game to develop relationships because you know that's what makes it a strong team. What was the confidence level on that last drive? No, I mean, you know, that's part of the game, you know, can't look back and, you know, say what if or what, the, you know, the confidence level in the huddle was extremely confident, like always, um, you know, we go in there, we get in the huddle every time and expect to march right down the field, you know, and we were moving the ball and unfortunately it didn't go our way, um, but that's the tough part about this game. Um, you know, you, you win through losses, you win through wins. Um, you know, this is something that, you know, all of us are going to learn from and we'll be better for. Um, I've talked a lot about, you know, my career in the NFL and the ups and downs. You're always learning. Um, and, you know, we learned a lot tonight. And it, it, it's tough, but we'll keep moving on. What happened with the interception, the first one? Uh, first one, um, he made a good play, um, was trying to take a shot downfield. Um, need to get the ball up probably another foot or so. But, you know, I, th I believe it was Lattimore made a good play. Nick, I'm sure whether this is your final game or not, I'm sure you're aware of how much the fans in Philadelphia just adore you, and nobody wants to see you go. What, how does that make you feel? Um, I, I think the big thing is, you know, what the city means to me. Um, you know, it's always welcome uh, me and my family. Um, it's really been a, a joy to live there and be a part of everything and, you know, wear the green and wear the jersey. So no matter what, you can't ever take that away. Um, we, we were able to do some really special things. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'll tell you this, I've enjoyed every single moment. And it, it'll always have a special place in my heart, the city, the fans, the people, um, everything about it. Um, there's nothing like playing in the link um, in front of the crowd. Um, it's, it's some of my favorite moments. Um, my family's got to experience them. Um, my daughter's got to experience them. So we'll see what happens, but I've enjoyed everything. Just uh, what's the play? What's the next play? Um, you know, that's all that matters. Um, I, I talk about staying in the moment and, the, you know, playing in the Superdome. We have an opportunity to go down and score at the end. Um, the only thing I'm worried about is the play and then recognizing what the defense is doing and then ultimately executing the play. So just simplifying things in my head in those moments so I can go out there and, you know, march down the field. You know, it's just a miss. Um, you know, you know, different covers, different things. It, it, part of this game, you take shots, and you know, I, I think you know, ultimately, um, you know, I wish I'd put a little more air on it. Um, that's the tough part about the game is you know we didn't execute in that. I got to throw a better ball. Was that a route that was um, he, had, he, had, he had two options based upon the coverage, or was that just a straight? Um, he has a couple options. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we didn't execute. 
Could you overall just not feel as sharp as you have the last stretch? No, I mean, you know, football is a funny sport. I mean, it's, you know, especially playoff football. Um, it's, 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 it's tough. Um, you know, I, I felt like we started the game off hot and we were battling the rest of the game. And, you know, we gave ourselves the opportunity to, you know, win the game at the end um, based on how our team was playing. Um, you wish you could get it done, but at the end of the day, you know, New Orleans did a great job of, you know, fighting themselves and, you know, giving themselves a win and ultimately they won. So, um, you know, I, I feel good about, you know, everyone's effort. I know everyone gave everything. This is tough just because, you know, this is the last time this team will be together and that's the toughest part about this. No, it, it, it's always difficult. Um, you know, fortunately, we were able to be the, you know, one team that finished on top, and that's just an electrifying feeling. Um, it doesn't really matter. Um, if you're not that one team, it's tough, like I said, because the locker room changes, and that's it. Um, but I know, like, you know, we fought our way all season. Um, the guys are resilient. Our coaches are resilient. Everyone at the facility is resilient, and they showed that. So everyone should be very proud of what they were able to accomplish. Ultimately, it wasn't our end goal, but it's like I said, everyone should keep their heads held high because, you know, we were able to, you know, really pick it up the last four weeks or so, and, you know, we were so close all throughout the year, and that, that's a testament to the people that, you know, are in the facility, the guys in the locker room, because, most teams aren't able to do that and fight like this team has. And Nick, I'm sure there's a, a swirl of emotions in a, in a moment like this. If you could just help kind of describe what they are. Um, I think the thing right now is just um, your, your emotions are trying, you're trying to figure them out right now. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, ultimately, all I can really think about is just, you know, enjoying this fight with my teammates. Um, I know we wish we were continuing on, but, you know, that's part of this game. Um, you know, just enjoying that, seeing them tomorrow. Um, that's really all I'm thinking about. Nick, your objective is still to be a starter in this league, correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I've, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. Um, once again, I'm not going to speculate on that. But, yeah, I love leading a team. I love, you know, being in the huddle, um, being a part of a locker room, um, doing that. That's, you know, why I play the game. You know, that's, that's football, though. Um, injuries happen. Um, we showed that last year. We had a lot of injuries, and we were able to overcome them. And, you know, ultimately, t I know tonight a couple of guys got banged up, but that's part of the game. Um, next guy up. And, you know, as I've always said, the guys who are injured are still there supporting our team. Um, and that's something that's really special. Um, but, you know, that, that's just part of football. Take a couple more questions. How much do you want to stay? You know, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, you know, it's a, it's a really unique situation, um, something that, honestly, I need time to just step back. I, I love the city. I love playing there. Um, you know, we have three guys in that quarterback room that can play in this league, um, and that's the part about it. But I'll tell you this, no matter what happens, um, it's been a joy. Um, being, playing in the city, being in that quarter room, quarterback room with Carson and Nate, I'm going to work every day, and I know we talked about it earlier, but the city means so much to me and my family, um, you know, and it always will. You said you spoke how Carson was, was by your side throughout the runs of the Super Bowl championship. You spoke about it again this time. What was his message to you after this being a loss? 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Carson and Nate, um, we're all together. Um, I think the big thing is just, you know, love and support for one another in that quarterback room. Um, you know, it's it's tough, too, when the season comes to an end because you do, we do so much together with film study, um, with supporting each other on the sidelines and practice. Um, so for it to come to an end, it's tough. But like I said, you, you always cherish those relationships you develop um, going to work every day. So just having Carson and Nate be supportive of me this last stretch and when Carson was playing or Nate's playing, like it's a special quarterback room because of the support system and, um, you know, something that, you know, we don't take for granted. What would be your message to the fans who I'm sure as perfect as you are now? Um, I'd say the big thing is, you know, I, I would like to thank them, um, thank them for their support. Uh, you know, it's not ultimately, you know, how we wanted to end the season, but I think, you know, this team, um, represents what Philly's about. You know, people counted us out, and we were able to continue to fight and give us an opportunity to enter the playoffs and then win the first round. And, you know, we had an opportunity to win this game, um, and this team never stopped fighting. Much like the city of Philadelphia, that's just sort of, you know, living in the city, that's just who the people are. Um, but ultimately, I just want to say how grateful I am for everything they've done, um, every moment in the link. And, uh, you know, just continue to support the Eagles. And there's a bright future here with this team and everyone there. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you all. Absolutely perfectly said right there at the end. We have been so fortunate over the last two seasons to have Carson Wentz and Nick Foles represent this football team, to play the quarterback position and to play that leadership role. And Nick Foles epitomizes right there everything you want. In a quarterback, okay? You know, obviously talked about the game and, you know, the fact that they didn't execute, but once you get the immediacy of the loss out of the way, it's just talking about how over the last nine months he's been in the bunker with these guys day in and day out. And this is the final plane ride they're going to take together. It's the last couple hours that they're going to have together really as a team. They will come to the facility on Monday. They'll have a final meeting and clean out their lockers, go through exit physicals, but their minds are quickly you know, shifting gears toward the offseason and then getting out of here and getting away from football for a little bit. But to hear Nick Foles, all I can say is thank you. We don't know what, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's going to happen. But absolutely thank you for everything, for allowing us to be a part of this magical run for not just, not just the quarterback play, but, the, again, the way that he's representing himself and this football team. He, he is one of the most – has to be one of the most admired athletes in the country for the fact that he is proficient on the field, but with the message that he carries with him about his teammates and relationships and the brotherhood. And that, that's, that's what sports is all about. That's the, the best part of it all. And watching he and Nick work, he and Carson Wentz uh, work together the last couple of years, it's, you know, like Foles at the end, it's, it's a bright future here in Philadelphia with great things to come. So just a tip of the cap. To you, Nick Foles, Nikki Six. No matter what happens, just thanks for everything, right there. I don't know if I can say it any better than what you just said, Chris. I mean, the guy is genuine. We've been fortunate as Eagles fans uh, to have Nick Foles here. I was excited when they brought him back uh, two years ago uh, under this regime. I was sad to see him go the first time when we traded him for Sam Bradford. Uh, have always been a big fan of Nick Foles. Um, and for what Nick Foles have done for this organization, uh, for the city of Philadelphia, 
um, no matter what his future holds for him, no matter what team he goes on to play for. And he's more than likely played his last game as an Eagle. And um, uh, he's going to always be an Eagle. He's an Eagle great. Uh, I think one day he'll be enshrined in the Eagles Hall of Fame, as he most right, he's, he's, he rightfully should be. Uh, he's one of the greatest Eagles of all time. He was a big part in delivering the most coveted trophy that this city has yearned for throughout the history of sports in this town. Uh, he was a big part of bringing that here, bringing, being the Super Bowl MVP. And when this season looked like it was over, it was Nick Foles that infused life into this team and into this city one more time. And it was the perfect swan song. Well, I shouldn't say perfect because it didn't end in another Super Bowl title. No, but pretty darn close, though. But if the season was going to end, he's a quarterback. He was perfect for us last year to end the season. It didn't end the way we wanted it to end. But with him being the quarterback for us, I'm perfectly fine for that. And just like you said, I tip my cap to you as well, Nikki Six. Thank you for being a fantastic Eagle, uh, and good luck to whatever your future may and hold for you. He is as exceptional off the field as he is on. Genuine. That's that's He's absolutely genuine, the best part is the fact that genuine. what you see yep. is what you get. There's no filter. There's no facade. Anything along those lines. He is that way each and every day, and it just seemed like when the lights are the brightest, he's the most calmest yep. he's able to deliver. You know, whether it's, you know, facing the media during Super Bowl week, all those press conferences and telling his story about, you know, his wife's disease and, you know, how that, you know, fueled him and how he thought about talked about walking away from the yeah. game and, you know, he got his career re-energized with Andy Reid in Kansas City and then came back here to Philadelphia uh, and just, you know, he almost went to Tampa Bay last year, and you know that that one move, that one decision. And he said largely because because he loved the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. You know, and this is a man who's never have to buy another meal in this town again. But the fact that the fans openly embraced him from the start, you know, helped him want to come back here. And in return, he delivers, like you said, the the greatest trophy that this city has wanted. You know, for. Forever. 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 <laughs> since, the, since that first yes. Super Bowl, you know, you, you have your Stanley Cups, you have your World Series trophies, everything else, but you have all these great parades. But everyone said that they, that the Eagles have their parade after winning a Super Bowl. It is going to be epic. And it was. It lived beyond, it was beyond yeah. expectations. Absolutely, sure. absolutely breathtaking. So what we're going to do now is we heard from head coach Doug Pearson a short time ago in his press conference. He spoke a short time ago with Hall of Fame wide receiver Mike Quick, came down from the broadcast booth. Always, always, always the best interview Doug does after the game because he's completely candid and open and honest with Mike Quick. And I think Mike does a great job of getting to the point with the questions that need to be asked that elicit the great responses from head coach Doug Pearson. So here's that one-on-one -on -one interview right now. Coach, on that final drive, it looks like you're going to have an opportunity to pull this thing out. The ball goes through Alshon's hand. They intercept it. What do you say to a player after something like that happens? You just got to remind him that he's a good player. And he's made a ton of catches for us. He's made some big plays for us this season, last season. Helped us win a championship. And one play is not going to define Alshon Jeffrey. There's no way. You had a, um, there are a lot of guys on the sideline consulting Alshon. Was that message pretty much the same? It's the same. It's the same. And, and you know, uh, it's it's going to sting, obviously, um, but uh, but we're going to surround him. We're going to rally around him, and and uh, you know he's he's going to be better for it. We're going to be better for it, and 
and uh, we move forward. This wasn't that slow start today. You got off to an early start. Um, what worked so well early in this football game? You know, I think I think early on um, we had a little little off, kept them off balance a little bit, and and, and mixed mixed had a really good run of, of, of pass and run, and you know just uh, we made some plays, and, and then as the game kind of wore on, we had that interception. You know, Lattimore had that pick on mm-hmm. on Alshon or on uh, Zach Ertz there in the second quarter. Felt like we had some momentum, and and then at that point, um, I think they went down went down scored, and just you could kind of feel things turn just a little bit, but. You know, our guys were guys were still engaged. Uh, they were they were they were full throttle and and uh, you know uh, had it gave us a chance to to win it at the end. Did your defense wear down at all? The seventy one plays they had, and your side you had forty seven offensive plays. Yeah, that that's that's uh, that's that's something we can't we can't have. They had that long drive, obviously in the third quarter, but basically took the entire third quarter, um, and that's that's tough. It's tough on our guys, and and then we had the you know a number number of injuries, guys. Mm-hmm. Guys missing, yep. you know. Brandon missed the entire game. Fletcher missed substantial time. Razul, all different guys. Brandon Graham. So it, it's hard. Um, yeah, you know. But listen, you, you gotta you gotta find a way. You gotta find a way to get off the field, especially when uh, yeah. you know defensively. Um, you know, you have 15 third downs in the game. The Saints do, right. and and we gotta make sure we get off the field. But no one expected you to come down here and win. How could you expect to come down here? What made you think that you could come down here and beat I just, the just, Saints? I just believe in our guys. I believe in trusting our players yeah. and um, you know, our coaches and, and my coaches. And, you know, and that's a lot of confidence coming down here. You know, I mean, we felt like the first game was, was not us, not right. who we were. And, right. and uh, um, we've battled all season. So we've been, we've been battle-tested and uh, felt like this was a, obviously a great environment for us to come down here and win this game. Well, let me tell you, I've enjoyed the way you put this thing together through adversity and look forward to working with you more. I appreciate it, Quick. You got it. Thanks. All right, interesting stat there. And, you know, Mike Quick brought it up there. 71 plays run by the Saints compared to 47 for the Eagles. And that's the end of the game numbers. Consider the fact that the Eagles scored on their first two drives. The second drive the Eagles had went for 10 plays. So really it was after those first two drives. I mean, the Eagles obviously scored no points, but really never even threatened to put any other additional points on the board up until the final drive, which ended with uh, the interception, the second of the game, by Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Eagles' defense came out smoking, as well as the offense. The Saints' offense was, what, three and out their first couple of drives. But like the you interception, said, yeah, the interception yeah, after, the game. after that first quarter, it's pretty much it boils down to not being able to get off the field on third down and then not converting third downs on offense. How ironic is it that for most of the season – First quarter was the bugaboo for the Eagles. Right. Not able to get, you know, off to fast starts. And then finally, you know, you know, pouring it on in the second half. And you hope, okay, is this going to carry over to next week? Well, in the divisional round of the playoffs, the Eagles get off to a brilliant start, yeah. blazing start. Go and for a better start. Yeah. yeah. No, 14-0. And we're driving, okay, to possibly put more points on the board. And then the Marshawn Lattimore interception really started to turn the tide there gave the Saints some life, and they whittled away to come out with a 20-14 to victory. So we're going to take our first break here on the postgame show presented by Rico. On the other side, we're going to go in the film room as the mad scientists Fran Duffy and Greg Cosell break down one of the biggest plays from tonight's game. If you are following us right now on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, you need to come on over to PhiladelphiaEagles.com or the app to watch the rest of the show. We're going to tie a bow on this 2018 season and start to look ahead to what's going to lie ahead for the offseason. We'll be back after these messages. 
No, you have the power to choose your energy provider. When you pick NRG, you can choose from a number of plans with benefits and rewards to fit any lifestyle. They have a plan that gives you cash back, plans that benefit the community, plans for the shoppers out there, plans with renewable power, and plans that give you awesome stuff, like this. So stop running the same play all the time. Switch to NRG and pick the right plan for you. That's really good. Sounds like a million bucks. <laughs> and all with one hand. Because the other one could be holding a winner. Right, one million dollar cash club. New scratch off from the Pennsylvania Lottery with top prizes of one million dollars. Ready to pick up the pace? Let's do it. I'd hold that for you, but I could be holding a winner too. <laughs> Keep on scratching. Well, I'm trying to get home, but it feels like another life. Yeah, I'm trying to stay strong. Sometimes I realize that the further I go, the more that I know that I want to go. And your money are treated with respect, you prosper. And at Santander Bank, respect adds up. At Santander Bank, we want you to prosper. That's why we treat you and your money with respect. Learn more about how respect adds up at Santander by visiting SantanderBank.com. McDonald's, proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, welcome back to the show. And as we discussed at the end of the first segment there, the Eagles couldn't have asked for a better start, jumping out to a 7-0 lead after Cravon LeBlanc hauled in the interception on the very first play from scrimmage. Nick Foles went 5-for-5 five five on the opening drive, connecting with Jordan Matthews for a 37-yard touchdown. And you figured if the Eagles are getting quality contributions from role players early on, like LeBlanc and Jordan Matthews, this is going to be a good day for the Eagles. Obviously, the Eagles coming up just short, but still quite a play there to start things off and to break down exactly how it came to fruition. Let's go inside the Rico film room for the Rico review where NFL film senior producer Greg Cosell and Fran Duffy are standing by. All right, so let's now get into this touchdown here. The opening drive for the Eagles, a touchdown from Nick Foles to Jordan Matthews on a deep corner out. Greg. Tell us what helps lead to this play, how Jordan Matthews is wide open. Well, first of all, we see Jordan Matthews all the way on the left side of our screen here. He's very tight to the formation and with press coverage by the slot corner, P.J. Williams. Yep. So the most important thing is in order to keep the timing of the route, he has to get his best release. He can't be held up at the line of scrimmage. So he works inside. He's essentially going to be running a deep corner or a deep sail route, but he's got to get off the line of scrimmage. Yep. So he works inside to do that. But now what the Eagles are going to do, because what they want to make sure is that the deep safety, the single high safety, Marcus Williams, does not become a factor in this throw. So what's the design of the play? The design of the play will be outside zone run action to the right side of the formation with a moving pocket. It's not really boot action, but it's a moving pocket for Nick Foles. And the reason that is so critical is because of Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams will react to the outside zone run action. Now, he doesn't fly up because he's a single high safety, but he slides toward the run action. Sure. So let's start this play. 
and you can see exactly what happens. As you see, the outside zone, look at Williams right there, freeze it. He's taken two steps. In the NFL, that's an eternity. He's done. He is no longer going to be in position to get all the way across the field, even though he has very good range, and react to the deep sail route by Jordan Matthews. So let's play it out. And this is an outstanding throw by Nick Foles because there's not pressure in his face, but he's not truly comfortable and secure. That's a great, great throw. And the Eagles get a touchdown. First drive. Yeah, Nick Foles shows that faith once yeah. again in his receivers to find a way to win against man coverage. So we saw two examples there of the Eagles beating man on Press that man. opening drive. Press man. Exactly right. A huge thing there going into this game. Eagles go on top 7 nothing. Uh, those two love the work they do all year round. You do a great job with them on the Eagles Game Plan Show, the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast that the two do together. Just fantastic, fantastic work. And uh, I tell you, I'm going to miss it. I miss yeah. the all 22. That, that's the saddest part here because of the way the season's ended. The football fan in me might want to watch the rest of the way yeah. because I'm just going to want to cherish the fact that we still have a couple weeks of football. But I, I don't want to see the Saints team. Right. Yeah, let's be honest. I don't want to see the Saints team. I mean, I guess the Rams, you know, at least <laughs> we beat the Rams in L.A. Right. It's, well, I'm on the room for Big Red now. You might. I mean, I guess you might as well be at this point. <laughs> I mean, see, you know, seriously. So, if, especially if he can knock off Belichick and the Patriots. Right. Then knock off – if he can knock off Sean Payton and the Saints. Sure. That, that really would be the exactly. coup de grace. Yes. Right there, to say the least. But uh, one thing we were talking about during the break – you know, we go into the the just looking back at this game real quick here. Going back to like time of possession, the Eagles had the ball for nine minutes and nineteen seconds in their first two drives, which resulted in touchdowns to give them the fourteen nothing lead. Okay, if we could bring up the box score once again here, the total time of possession for the game twenty two minutes and ten seconds for the Eagles. The longest drive that they had after that, two minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah, a four. It was a four play drive that netted a first down. I mean, yeah, they didn't get many first downs after that first quarter. I'm, I'm just trying to do a quick count. Seven. Maybe the final drive Seven. and a couple. You had four in the second half total. Right. Two of them on the final drive. Right. But, yeah, seven. So you had eight first downs on the first two drives. Seven. The rest, the rest of, the, of game. the game. And the longest drive, again, two minutes and 50 seconds. You had one, two. I won't count the one to end the first half, but one, two, three, four. Five of their drives were two minutes or less. Well, the final drive looked like their best offensive series it was. since yes. the first quarter. Yes. Yeah, that was their best series. You know, at the end of the day, we're going to talk about how Drew Brees was amazing on third down and, you know, how many points the, the Saints were able to put up here. But Saints defense allowed just 21 points in two in, games. In two games. Two games to the Eagles. One with Carson Wentz, one with Nick Foles. I think it was five combined interceptions because – Carson Wentz had right. three interceptions, the first one, right. two today for Foles. This Saints defense beat the Eagles, yeah. both matchups. So, you know, and again, today the Eagles still had a chance on the last drive, not able to get it done there. But uh, that's going to be something when you're looking big picture offseason in terms of where the Eagles can improve. Or we're going to, you know, take a peek at 2019 after our final break come up in a few moments here. But that's going to be something to note that twice you went down to New Orleans and twice you were not able to gain much ground against the Saints defense. Well, that's that's really been the bugaboo for the team all year long, yeah. right? It's been the offense hasn't looked as explosive or as consistent or crisp as it did last year. And I think a big part of it, we focus a lot on the quarterbacks. Obviously, we're going to do that. 
But I think you put a lot more pressure on the quarterbacks when you don't have a running game yep. to rely on. So when I look at this team from this year versus what it looked like last year, the biggest difference is t- to me is the running game, is the, the consistency of the running game or the lack thereof uh, in the running game. And that's what hurt them today. You, on, you go on the road against the Saints and you're only able to rush for 50 yards, that's going to be difficult. You got away with it last week against Chicago. You even got away with it against the Houston Texans because yeah. Nick had such a great game from a passing standpoint. But not since Josh Adams had those two games where he had like 80-plus yards in those two games. And even in those two games, they were like four yards per carry. So it wasn't as if you were rushing for almost five yards a carry. No. I think the running game – has sputtered all year long, and I think that's been a big reason why the offense has struggled at times. They've been able to do some things to sort of mask the inefficiency with the running game by by short passes and things of that nature, the screen game. But when I look at the two years and and what's missing is we had had a running game last year, and you had a three-headed monster last year when you had Blunt, Ajayi, and Clement. Yeah. This year, neither of those. None players. of those guys. And then when Corey goes down, you really just haven't had guys healthy at the position. Give Wendell Smallwood and Josh Adams credit for trying to trying to be efficient. Darren Sproles coming back, trying to give you something. But man, you missed those those big bodies in there, and that's what those three guys provided you. Well said. Yeah, that's got to be one of the biggest things that Harry Roseman and company when they're trying to figure out how to improve this offense next season because defense. Offensive line, offensive line played well. Yes, especially yeah. down the stretch once yeah. it got healthy. But you look at the defense, number of injuries there. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and look, you have great stories like Avante Max stepping up. I think Rasul Douglas was one of the most improved players down, down the stretch. Huge yeah. down the stretch there. Thought Nigel Bradham shined late in the yep. season there. So you know there are some big takeaways from that part of it because of the injuries. But at least you could say that side of the ball dealt with injuries. The offense didn't have a ton of injuries. Okay, right. compared to the defensive side of the ball, it's the lack of a running game. I think that certainly is going to be something they have to figure out going forward in 2019. And we'll start to look ahead to 2019. After this, our final break, believe it or not, of the entire season here on the Post Game Show, presented by Rico. The life of a Philly sports fan is a wild ride. Some years we triumph, some years we trust. What never changes year after year is how we get to the game. Shoulder to shoulder with our fellow fans on SEPTA. Get your ride started at iSEPTAPhilly.com. Come see what's happening at your local Acme. Better sale prices, superior service, and great quality products. Cleaner, friendlier, fresher, like fresher meat and seafood, and fresher produce, including organic. And our butchers cut our USDA-choice Lancaster beef in-store every day. So stop in, shop, and see for yourself why Acme is just better. Shop on game day and save 5% at Acme when wearing your Eagles apparel. Well, I'm trying to get home, but it feels like another life. Yeah, I'm trying to stay strong, sometimes I realize that the further I go, the more that I know that I want to go home. When you and your money are treated with respect, you prosper. And at Santander Bank, respect adds up. 
The life of a Philly sports fan is a wild ride. Some years we triumph, some years we trust. What never changes year after year is how we get to the game. Shoulder to shoulder with our fellow fans on SEPTA. Get your ride started at iSEPTAPhilly.com. Eagles High School Football Showdown presented by Rothman Orthopedics at Jefferson Health celebrates local high school football coaches and their teams. Congratulations to Coach Infante from St. Joe's Prep, our 2018 Coach of the Year. Visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com showdown to check out all of this year's coaches and to learn more about the program. All right, we'll go back to the show. So the 2018 season, in the books for the Philadelphia Eagles. There will be a new Super Bowl champion this season. The Final Four consisting of the Chiefs and the Patriots on the AFC side, the Saints and the Rams over on the NFC. So as we look to what lies ahead for the Eagles, we can take a quick peek at the 2019 schedule because that's already set in stone, Ike. So the Eagles are facing the AFC East and the NFC North next season. So you get Tom Brady coming here. To the link, be a very fascinating matchup here in 2019. Russell Wilson coming here as well. The away schedule, you know, first glance here, and obviously you got to wait to see, you know, what games you have on the road consecutively and what time of year you might be going to Buffalo. But, right. you know, that's, that's a pretty, pretty solid away schedule for the Eagles next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, they finished second in this division, so you sort of get a second-place schedule from your division uh, finish. And uh, listen, I expect the Eagles to be in these, to have these type of schedules every year because I expect them to be at the top of their division every year. I expect them to be a playoff team every year. So they're going to typically get the league's best. And next year you get you get three guys and and Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, guys that have won Super Bowls. You get three guys that have won Super Bowls right there on your schedule. You get a playoff rematch against the Bears here. Who knows what? Uh, the Redskins will look like when you face them next year. The Giants as well. Who knows what their situation is going to look like moving forward. You know Buffalo is always difficult and Atlanta bounce back. So um, we just need to sort of regroup and it'll be interesting to see what uh, Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas sort of do with this roster. They got a lot of tough decisions to make. Veterans on this ball club. Uh, contract extensions, what do you do this offseason? Going into the draft, what positions are you focusing in on? You know, it's, it's, it'll be an interesting offseason. We almost didn't really have an offseason last no. year, right? We went through free agency. Nobody even cared. The draft came. Other than the fact that we took Dallas Goddard away from the Dallas Cowboys, exactly. no one really cared about the draft <laughs> last year. This will be a huge offseason because this sets the Eagles up moving forward. Yep. Right, this sets them up moving forward, and um, we got some good young talent coming back. It'll be interesting to see who they're going to retain on the roster, which guys come back from injury, because we got guys like Jalen Mills coming back. That's right. Riley McLeod could be back here next year, so you have some talent coming back as well. And then you know, Howie Roseman, the offseason is his time, and he's rarely quiet in the offseason. So. Um, I expect Howie to do something that we don't see coming. He typically does that and puts this team in the right position moving forward. They got a lot of pieces. They got a lot of uh, draft equity. Is they going to move around? Who knows? They may move up in the draft. 
Who knows what they'll target? But I do know they're never quiet upstairs. Never boring. Yes. Yeah. yeah Offseason's not going to be boring yes. here whatsoever. Last year we were celebrating. This year it's going to be all business trying to get back to the top of the mountain. And the fact that the Eagles, you know, were just six points away from getting to the Final Four shows that, you know, the new norm is here yes, for sir. Doug Pearson and company because, like you said, you have the head coach and you have quarterback Carson Wentz. And for him to get an entire offseason of, you know, be able to focus, to rest, you know, to get fully healthy is going to be huge because he was just battling the entire – he dealt with the stress of trying to be on the field for week one. Yep. All of last offseason. You know, so while everyone was, you know, enjoying the fruits of their labor of winning the Super Bowl, you know, he's here at the NovaCare Complex. He's out in North Dakota working out, just trying to get himself to be on the field for week one, okay? He made it on the field for week three, put some very, very good numbers, showed a lot of promise in different areas. Then the back injury sidelines up for the season. He gets to rest, take a step back, and get a different perspective on things. He saw how Nick Foles ran the offense down the stretch, you know, so you know that Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson are going to have this offseason to work together, and this is the season where he can really take flight here to really maximize and get back to that level that we saw from him in the 2017 season when he was, and I think people forget that he was Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. I mean, right. I mean, Carson Wentz was the player taking the league by storm in 2017, and just like that, he's kind of on the back burner. Everyone's forgetting about him. He's going to be ready to make some noise in 2019 as he takes back the quarterback position here in Philadelphia. Well, I tell you, Chris, I haven't forgotten what he looked like in 2017 where he basically was the front runner for the MVP and should have won the MVP regardless of being injured. And now the last time Carson Wentz had a full offseason where he didn't have to rehab, where he can focus on some of his deficiencies as a player, get stronger in those areas, focus on getting better, being a part of the off-season program, fully in the off-season, being a part of OTAs and mini camps yep. without any distractions. The last time he had that type of off-season to prepare for the season, he threw for 33 touchdowns to just seven interceptions in 13 games. He was 11-2, and two, and he was the story of the NFL. That's what I expect to see from Carson Wentz next year. He's going to have a full offseason where he doesn't have to worry about rehabbing. That back is going to heal gradually with just rest. He's going to get a chance to get better. He's going to get a chance to work out with his teammates this offseason. He's going to get a chance to go to North Dakota with his teammates this offseason. And more importantly, he's going to be a part of spring football, right? Yeah. From the beginning, not re not rehabbing, not being slowly integrated into the offense. He's going to be a part of the preseason. People forget he didn't have a preseason yeah. last year. He stepped on the field week three, having not played since week 14 of the previous year. This guy, when he gets a full offseason, we know what he looks like. And if nothing else, that should have you excited about this team moving forward. I'm just glad I'm not writing the daily, what did Carson Wentz do today right. story. You know, how is is week one still in play for Carson Wentz? We don't have to worry, right. about, that to worry about that story. This offseason, it's just going to be what is his potential, what's his ceiling going to be yep. in the 2019 campaign. So, Ike, for the last time here, I'm going to ask you, what will the discussion be tomorrow, 2 p.m., Marks and Reese show? You know what? I think tomorrow will be a day of thanks. Obviously, we'll talk about the game, and there's some missed opportunities, and fans will be a little disappointed because we know we were right there. We were good enough to beat this team. And uh, that'll sting a little bit. But I think 
as the day s- slowly moves along. I think this fan base, um, while they're still a passionate fan base, they still can get on you when you don't meet expectations. This is also a very knowledgeable fan base. And this team, from where they were in the middle of the season, has exceeded expectations. And I think this fan base will recognize that as you continue to discuss the season, how it ended, and moving forward. I think this has become somewhat of a more, should I say patient fan base? I think you can use that. Can we use that? Yeah. Can we use that? And, and, and that's Understanding. The, that's the, there you go. That's the evolution of a fan base that doesn't have the necessarily decades upon decades of frustration built up of disappointment. We did just win the Super Bowl last year. And this fan base has not forgotten that. No, not whatsoever, and nor should they. But they should understand that the Eagles are not satisfied. Exactly. The Eagles, yes. The Eagles want to be back there again this season. Yep. And things didn't quite go the way that they expected. It was a different journey. Again, well, just think about the move for Golden Tate. Yeah. That lets you know they wanted that they it. want to win. Certainly. Yes. You know, but the big thing was 2017. We were flying high mm-hmm. right from the start of the season. Again. Carson Wentz was a talk of the league. They raced out to an 11-2 record. They got home field advantage. And the, those two, the, the atmosphere for those two playoff games, just absolutely magical. And then the MVP performance by Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, just truly majestic with Alshon Jeffrey, who, again, I know he's, he's got to be you know, really heartbroken over the way that his season ended because he's a guy who's come up so much in the clutch time after time again. But nonetheless, this team does not win a Super Bowl without him. That's the one thing that we cannot forget is, you know, while some people might be getting on Alshon for the drop here that led to that, you know, game-sealing interception by Marshawn Lattimore, this team does not win a Super Bowl, nor is this team in the playoffs this season if it's not for Alshon Jeffrey. And then this season here where we all were thinking, okay, is the magic going to carry over from last year? It didn't. It became, as as I said earlier, it's going to be a new year in 2019 but the 2018 team wrote its own chapter, overcame a ton of adversity, fought its way to the postseason, and provided us with quite a ride in the month of December and early on in January to make us all believe. Because when the Eagles lost 48-7 to in New Orleans, no one thought this was going to be certainly a championship team. And most people probably thought the playoffs were not going to happen right. in 2018. This is a team that got people to believe. Okay, that's how special the brotherhood was, the chemistry was in the locker room here this year. And it comes up six points short in a 20-14 to 14 decision against the New Orleans Saints in the divisional round. So quite a ride. It's sad that it's over. But there's going to be big things to come in 2019 moving forward because the pieces – for long-term stability and success are in place. The Eagles have the formula to win, to get back the way to the way it was when you were here for those years where you were going to making those deep playoff runs year in and year out. Yeah. The formula is here in Philadelphia. They just need to execute, and this offseason is going to be absolutely instrumental in making sure that those plans come to fruition. So that's going to do it for us here on the post-game show presented by Rico Ike. You're the best, man. Another good season, brother. You make, you make it so easy. You make it so easy. <laughs> Such a pleasure week in and week out. Absolutely, we'll miss these Sundays, these late, late nights here. That's right. You know, getting it done. Uh, we will have complete coverage of locker room clean-out day tomorrow. Uh, we do not have the time right now for if Doug Pearson will address the media. We will give that to you on our social media channels if we get that later on in the evening. But nonetheless, for Ike Reese and all of us here at the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm Chris McPherson. You've been watching the post-game show presented by Rico. Everyone, have a great Eagles night. Thanks for tuning in this season.